Hey there, lovelies. Welcome to my podcast, Love, Hope, and Fluffy Stuff. It's your girl, Alyssa. So I do just want to mention, in case anyone is like hesitant to listen to my blog, my blog is not only for fluffy people, it is for all body types. It is for everyone who wants to give it a listen. I just as a fluffy person myself, I refuse to allow this to be a space where negativity thrives and festers against other people. I just, I'm not, I'm not cool with that. Um, And so that's why I say that this is a safe haven. This is a space that promotes kindness, respect, and love. And we show empathy and compassion. Um, I am by no means perfect. None of us are. We are all flawed. But I have the same rights as you to love mine. Okay, so this week's episodes may not mesh up with each other. I got a few ideas that I've been thinking about chatting on, and we'll see how it goes. But today we're going to be talking about men. Um, I've just always had a interesting relationship or thought processing of men. I grew up in foster care and a lot of my foster homes were just the mom. Um, So I just didn't have a lot of interaction with males. And the ones that I did have interactions with, the few times that I would get like both parents in the home, it was just awkward. It was just not something that I was used to. And he always played the role of provider. Um, There wasn't a whole bunch of interaction. And even once I got adopted from my parents, it was the same way. Like, I know now you've heard me mention my mom several times in these podcasts and not my dad so much. Well, he's there, but he just agrees with everything that my mom says. So it's like they're one person um, and he just, he's the breadwinner. So that's what I'm used to, you know, in a home, if it's both parents, I'm used to the male being the breadwinner and the female running the home. Well, in my case, I ran the home as well, but anyway... I don't have a lot of experience with male dynamics. And so they're very interesting to me. And they can prove to be confusing sometimes. Not enough that like after two or three interactions, you can't basically figure them out unless he's like narcissistic, a psychopath or bipolar. If they have a mental health problem, then it's different. But your average Joe, Joseph, Jamal, Jesus can be solved in three interactions tops, right? Because that first interaction, he's going to tell you what you want to hear, aka what he thinks you want to hear, aka what has worked in the past for him. But as soon as you say something that's a game changer, he's out, gone. That TikTok song, he's a runner, he's a track star, like he's gone, just just gone. 
we all have that one phrase, habit tick that we pull out of our bag when we want to send them running. For me, this works every single time. Like if you're not getting no from me and I've literally like said it as many times as I'm going to say it, I just pull out, I don't believe in sex before marriage. When I tell you, when I tell you they be running, they be running. And it doesn't even matter how spiritual or full of God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit he claimed to be before. Once he realizes that he's not going to be able to get sexed, he's out of there. You're only spiritual to the point of where you're okay with modifying, making some exceptions. Well, if we're going to get married anyway, it should be okay. That that sends them running. And it always just makes me laugh. It's satisfying because I don't want to waste valuable time and energy on someone who isn't going to stick around. The second thing that usually you could figure them out, that second interaction is him being invested in you and wanting to get to know everything about you. Being attentive and responding during interactions, like you're figuring who he is out, what role he's going to play in your relationship. And the third interaction is when he ropes you in with his dreams, goals, expectations. He shows you the type of man he is. Then you're either sold or you're running in the other direction. The more time you spend with him, it's either one or the other. I mean, let's be real. At the root of a man, they are fueled by a handful of things. Food, sex, and either sports, video games, or anime, depending on the type of guy. I'm not saying that's the sum of their parts, just what's most important to them, right? And in family, I'll, I'll throw that in there too. So like a car, it has an engine, tires, interior, and exterior. Those are the main components, right? But without the steering wheel, it wouldn't work. Without the brake or gas pedal, it doesn't move or stop. Those are essential to the car, even though they aren't as significant. If the average guy was listing their top three priorities, I, I listed more than three, um, it's most likely going to consist of the things that I said. I'm not talking about every man, because I know your man's built different. I'm talking about the dudes, the guys, the fellas I've encountered in my age bracket. There is no depth to some of them. They have good looks and no substance, nothing to hold an intellectual conversation about. And for whatever reason, we're a trend now. They are pretending 
some of them, to be into BBWs on the internet for clout. And what y'all considering a BBW is just a skinny person with hips, boobs, and a butt. Like that's not, that's not a fluffy person. That's not a true representation of that word. And they're saying this on the internet to get likes, to get follows, but these same dudes not living the, this truth outside the interwebs. Like you see this dude in person and you try to shoot your shot, he is dodging, dodging. They just want booty calls. If they are saying, oh, I like, you know, fluffy women, it's a nighttime type of thing. It's a I can't show you to my friends type of thing. It's a mm, let's meet up there separately type of thing. It's very suspicious. It's very low key like, mm, and you know that it is, but you keep dealing with it because you don't want to be lonely. These type of guys will have you evaluating your self-worth, trying to change and adapt to get an ounce of praise or affection for them. The type of guy that belittles you and says you're fat after birthing the child you created together. So rude. I just, so rude. I think her name is Nicole. She's the one too famous for like, her ponytail sticking up or whatever and just doing, you know, silly stuff. I saw that recently that he just dogged her out because her body looks different after having y'all child. Like, these types of dudes are unappreciative and contribute nothing, but we are supposed to have them around for some reason. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Growing up, a lover of fairy tales and romance and just love at first sight and happy ever after, I had a very one-sided view of men. Um, I mean, I was surrounded by this these thought processing so i was out here looking for prince charming truly thinking that every guy was like him or the fictional men in my book that i was fantasizing about that they would be able like even if i met them and they weren't quite prince charming yet i would be able to change them for love if they were just not where they needed to be in the beginning but that's not the case. Um, there are some shady men in this world, some vile men that prey on naive women like myself. And this, some of the episodes on this podcast are going to be just my experience with guys and just men in general and hoping that I'll be able to help other people growing up not predisposed to this who 
live in a fairy tale, which I am, I'm still a firm believer in love that I don't see that changing. I love love, but I do have a little bit of wisdom behind it now. Being raised as a Christian shelters you even more because your parents instill fear in you and unrealistic ideals, rules about relationship and love. They teach you that the man God has for you is just going to appear out of the blue, like a literal fairy tale and wonder why we believe in them. Like, I just think of every Christian couple that I know, and they just tell me, oh, yeah, I was just living my life for God, and I wasn't thinking about a man, or, you know, well, I could always say from one perspective, but I wasn't thinking about him, and then God just brought him on my path. I'm like, so what you're trying to tell me is that I'm walking on the wrong path, clearly. I am grateful that my view of love hasn't been jaded because there has been numerous opportunities for it to be. I just, instead of allowing myself to be jaded, I decided to gain a new perspective about it. I still believe in true love, soulmates, happiness, with that special person. I just know that it's going to take more than losing a slipper for him to find me, right? Um, I, like, fairy tales was my theme music, my white noise, my, it just, it helped me get through stuff. And most cases, men, like, that's how, mm, so that's how I was prepared. Right. But in most cases, men weren't like they weren't prepared in that way. So how can I expect him to be Prince Ali when he's only been exposed to being Aladdin? Although we all know no one wanted Prince Ali anyway, but I digress. They are raised to be strong, at least in my community. Um, African-American males are raised to not show emotion because that's weakness. Don't cry. You got to make sure you're taking care of everything and put everything on your shoulders. And there's just a grit and a mentality that gets taught that doesn't prepare them to be the type of male that you see in romance movies that you see or read about in books. Um, I remember watching this movie, This Means War, super funny. And the wrestling coach was telling kids, kids, that pain is weakness leaving the body. These are the types of lessons our boys are being taught. So how can we expect them to grow into men that 
don't have these ideals. Yet we let the same men determine our worth. How can we allow a man to determine if we are wife material when they weren't even raised by a wife? And I mean, no shade by that. I'm just saying you are in most cases a product of your environment. We're scripted upon by societal standards, community values, and practices we see in our home. Without trying to retain these behaviors and without trying to practice them, it just happens. Take for instance, a man being raised by a strong single woman. When he enters adulthood and prepares himself for a relationship, he is going to, in most cases, not all, but in most cases, he's going to expect a woman that did the things his mother did, right? Because that's the example. His mom, probably his grandma, his auntie, the women in his community represented a strong woman on her own doing all the things that both parents typically do. So at his core, that is what he wants. It's what he was predisposed to. He doesn't know what marriage looks like or consists of. And honestly, it might even terrify him. So you're wanting him to make, your, make you a wife and you're trying to change him into something that he may or may not be or he is not ready to be. And then we're surprised when he ends up being unfaithful or he ends up being abusive. And that's in no way an excuse. I'm just saying like, if you try to change someone, there are going to be negative outcomes in that. We can't change someone who doesn't want to be. You go into a situation with blinders on, but eventually after you've spent enough time, those blinders are removed. And so you can see things for what they are. And you have to decide if you want to stay or leave. People have to want to be changed. They have to want to take the journey. And the right man is capable of change for the right woman. And it's effortless. There is no forcing or training. There might be a little bit of training. But... They will want to do it. It's not something that you have to continuously nag them about. If they see that leaving the toilet seat up is an inconvenience for you, and I'm just using this as an example because it's something simple, but if they know that leaving the toilet seat up is an inconvenience for you, eventually they they should be able to just put the toilet seat down. You shouldn't have to go months and months and years into telling them. Because if they truly want to make sure you're not falling in the toilet in the middle of the night, they're going to put that toilet seat down. 
That's just my opinion. The right man is going to make sure he fulfills his role in your relationship. Another example is a man who grows up in a loving home. He is going to expect partnership. He is going to expect specific roles to be laid out. So we just have to find connections that are compatible with what we are used to. Otherwise, you will waste time with someone who's in, who isn't worth the time you wasted, if that makes sense. No matter how confusing some of these men in these streets may be, there are good men out there. I have to believe that because like, I'm still waiting on mine. So um, he doesn't really have a choice but to be because I'm taking my vows seriously. Like after all this time, to death to do us part really means that. So if you're doing some crazy stuff, death is going to have to do us apart. You made the same vows. You understood the assignment. And I'm a pass or fail type of gal. I mean, why you think women watch so many crime and mystery shows, movies? Never mind. I'm just going to back up out of that gracefully. There are good men, but we can't allow ourselves to push them away due to past hurts. You find yourself passing on a good man because the bad ones have used and abused you, have changed your mindset and perspective. It makes me think of Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married? And how Jill Scott was with that one guy. I can't think of his name right now. But he was so mean to her to the point to the point of where she second guessed her worth constantly in their relationship. She would fat shame herself before he could get the opportunity to do it, even though he still would do it. Um, it just became second nature to her. So then when she met that good guy, can't remember his name either right now. Um, she was putting herself down and not seeing the signs of him wanting her, of him trying to be more than friends until eventually he got sick of her putting herself down and just let her know, yo, like, no, don't do this. You got to get some confidence about yourself. You got to get some self-worth about yourself. And he helped her find herself. That's what a good man does. That's what a good woman does. You're helpmates. You build each other up. There shouldn't be a tearing down and a, you know, like everyone is worthy of love no matter how broken they think they are. Before I peace out, I want to leave you with this. Everyone has a soulmate. This is my opinion, of course. Uh, you will miss out on yours by continuing to listen to the lies your ex told you. I love superheroes and I love Disney. 
I watch and read these shows or movies for my personal enjoyment. It just so happens that my niece and nephew like them too, so I'll call them to chat with them about it. One's six and one's five, um, and we'll argue about it, and it's a good time. But if I had no kids in my life, I still would watch it. I used to get told from guys I was talking to that I am too immature, that I'm naive, that I'm boring, that I'm too proper and pure. And I would take that same energy with me into the next to the next guy. I would lessen myself to try and please him. Basically what Jill Scott was doing in her relationship. Accept things that I didn't want to. Somehow, who I was was always a problem. And I would beat myself up about it. Then I realized that there are so many men that don't mind that I have a Disney Plus subscription or that I watch cartoons and eat Fruity Pebbles. I'm like, they're not going to mind. Whoever is for me is not going to care because my happiness will be his priority. And honestly, I'm past settling for anything less, no matter how lonely I get. 